completely within our control. We're living through the single biggest culture shift of our time. This is the time for us to just really take charge. That's what revolutions do. They enable the impossible. It's summer, and you might have noticed a growing trend. Well, maybe I should say a shrinking trend. I'm talking about men's shorts. To be more exact, men's shorter shorts. Today, they're everywhere, be it at the beach or on the street. But just a few years ago, trying to find a pair was nearly impossible. That's where Tom Montgomery and three of his close friends had an idea. They wanted to bring back the former men's fashion item, once popular with the young, vacationing baby boomers. So together, they founded Chubby's, a men and women's clothing line, and in the process, they moved an entire market, right below our belly buttons. I'm Megan Keeney-Anderson, and this is The Growth Show. So um, I've thrown myself into the Chubby's universe over the last couple of days. Um, oh, perfect. It's been, it's been nice to get, to get to know you guys and your personality a little bit. So maybe you can start us off with just telling the audience, what is Chubby's? Uh, so Chubby's is a clothing brand. And uh, kind of more than that, we are, um, we're a, a business that's just hell-bent on making the very best content and the very best apparel. Uh, for our customers weekend. We're just focused on uh, being fun, being inclusive, and uh, not necessarily being your, 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 your typical fashion brand. Yeah, six years. Where did the name Chubbies come from? Uh, so the name Chubbies came from a few different places. Um, so first, it by the way, is that like mind. your worst nightmare that somebody asks you that question? <laughs> no, we get asked it every single time we talk uh, about anything. <laughs> But yeah, so it, so so first, it calls to mind like the exact thing we wanted when we started the business, which is just not a typical fashion brand. Like fashion has this like era of pristineness and this era of exclusivity, and Chubby's was just ridiculous enough, you know, called to mind, you know, not your average like fashion model uh, kind of stereotype, and and that was great. That's what we wanted. We wanted to be kind of in your face. We wanted to be more ridiculous. We wanted to be different from from the fashion that we had seen growing up of the ripped abs and the guys yeah. covering you in cologne as you walk down the street. We wanted to be uh, distinct. And then also we have an elastic waistband on all the shorts that we made when we were first starting for maximum comfort. And, you know, if you have a big Thanksgiving dinner, they still fit. Makes sense. So, okay, so you're not your average um, apparel brand. I would imagine that you're also not your average kind of apparel entrepreneur. Did you guys always think you were going to end up in men's fashion? Oh, no way. You know, we still we still are not quite sure if we're in men's fashion, you know. Uh, obviously we are, but we always we always felt what we were building was more like a beer brand or more like a community. You know, we our backgrounds are all, you know, relatively humble. I'm from a place called Bakersfield, California, where the, the businesses there are oil and uh, agriculture. So I was playing catch up through all of college and all of learning about entrepreneurship and uh, spent a couple of years in working in venture capital, was thoroughly out of my league there. Yeah. And, you know, and so, yeah, we, we were the least likely guys to be starting this company. I guess the guy who had the most training was Rainer. One of my co-founders came from uh, The Gap and then Levi's. And so he was kind of our, our uh, validation that, that we deserve to be there as a, as a founding team. But I think that gave us a unique perspective and a unique perspective on 
kind of what was wrong with with uh, kind of that traditional world and, and gave us the drive to make something unique and something relatable and something, you know, that to us is revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, so you talk about it being revolutionary. And I do think, you know, it has been a departure from everything that you see when you go into your standard mall and you walk down, you see all the washboard abs, as you say, and, and kind of the same cookie cutter store one after another. Do you think that you guys noticed something shifting in the market or did you actually create that shift with Chubby's? I, I don't know. I think I, I don't think we noticed it so much as it was like this visceral reaction we had to that ethos and to that idea. And, you know, either we're happy to be a part of the movement as long as we can be a very visible and impactful part. You know, I think it's I think relatability and I think inclusiveness are two things that maybe have been missing from that world. And uh, we want to make sure we're championing and also the notion of fun and not taking yourself too seriously when, you know, that definitely has not been the the motto that has been applied to men's fashion. That's something that we take seriously. You know, we take yeah. as something that we can do for our customer base and our community. We can give them a laugh. We can we can give them a smile. Uh, they can have that association with our product that when they put it on, they're miles away from the office. They're miles away from those stressors. And that's extremely important to us. And so, you know, whether we started it or whether uh, we're just a part of it, we're happy to be pushing it along. All right. So I, I hear you on fun and I hear you on sort of relatability that's apparent in all of your content. You mentioned inclusivity. How do you see that coming alive in your brand? One of the ways that we really tried to push this recently is we ran a male model search where we just wanted to, to showcase our customer base and showcase how diverse and amazing and unique uh, the folks within that customer base are. And so we had like thousands of applicants and we had um, we had our community basically vote on the ones that they liked the most. And, and we came out of it with such a diverse and amazing group of guys in every way um, that was one, really humbling and awesome for us to see as a company, to see all these amazing people as a part of our community and seeing the, everybody in the community rallying around these guys. Um, and two, it was a really great reflection of, you know, the, the, the sorts of people that people would love to see as models. And the focus there is on personality. The focus is on who this person is as yeah. opposed to anything else. Why do you think that wasn't being addressed by other apparel brands? You know, I'm not sure. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. You know, I, I think that uh, that there, there may be just something about exclusivity. There may be something about being exclusive that makes something necessarily feel a little bit cooler. But that's not that's not for us. You know, the more inclusive we can be, you know, we think the cooler the brand is and the better the brand is and the more inclusive our community is, um, the better everyone is. And I think that's just generally kind of what we try and live by. And that's an internal reflection of our own personal values. And not saying that's that's the greatest thing, you know, not saying yeah, we're 100% yeah. right, but that's, that's something that we care about and we're passionate about. So here's what I find really interesting about that. So exclusivity oftentimes is accompanied by titles, right? So, you know, these clothes are for a certain type of person or, um, you know, you have kind of a um, stereotype that goes along with a certain brand. And I know that, for example, you know, some of the, some of the articles that have been written on you guys already often refer to your brand as bro-y or, or you guys as bros. How do you, how do you think about that term? Is that um, a, a way of putting an exclusivity onto your yeah, clothing totally line? Yeah, 
Totally. Yeah, that's that's a great way to, to think about that. And that's why, you know, we'd prefer for that not to be the story. We'd prefer for it to be a story on the, you know, dad in Ventura, who's a father of three who participates in the Highland Games and is one of our male models. Like we prefer to, to for, for it to be actually representative of our customer base. Yeah. And and not to say that that, you know, the notion of, quote unquote, bro is not present. Like, you know, I think I think it's present in tons of people in the world and president guys in our community, but it's also equally not representative of people who don't feel aligned with that, who are a part of our customer base. And so it just doesn't do right by those people. And that's, that's what we're focused on. So it's something that we've been, you know, kind of, kind of working with, you know, when we came out as a men's fashion brand focused on fun, there's a lot of ways that that could go, bro. Yeah, totally. uh, And yeah, not maliciously either. It just, you know, sort of happens. Exactly. But it's also it's an easy way to talk about something, you know, yeah. and so that's why we're doing things to try and really highlight our customer base um, and really talk about the community in, a, in an in-depth way instead of a superficial way. Yeah, because I think it's funny. There's there's two ways you could go with that. Right. I mean, there's you could look at that and, and um, kind of fall into it and, and say that is our brand and we're going to lean into that heavily or you could try to buck that trend because people always say your brand is what you know what others say about you and you leave the room right yeah am i right in saying that you're trying to to buck it a little bit i'd say i'm bucking like blanket statement covering uh, uh, my community with with one moniker right yeah. they're so diverse they're so freaking amazing um and i'm you know i'm one member of it that trying to blanket statement any group of people like that is, you know, I'm generally not, not into, yeah. but there's tons of people that maybe even self-identify as like, I'm a total bro. Yeah. yeah. And there are moments where I'm a total bro yeah. and, uh, and I still love being a part of the community. And so it's, it's at once both kind of saying, yeah, totally. And also like, Hey, you know, that's not quite right because it's superficial, right? See, like yeah. it's not as in depth and it doesn't do our community justice, which is what I respond to. It's tough. I mean, you're sort of trying to diversify and expand your customer base to anyone and and to be as inclusive as possible, but while keeping that that familiar and kind of comforting bro tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> if the bro tone is comforting, uh, <laughs> yeah. So how do you spread a personality of a brand like that through yeah. the, the work that you do? Yeah, so it's been an evolution. You know, uh, when we first started, um, it was through a newsletter and through our website. And that was honestly just sitting down and writing. And, you know, I was by no means an English major, um, <laughs> anything like that. So it was kind of shot in the dark to see if, if see if we could connect. And, and it turns out that we started to develop a voice and people started to respond to it. And that was awesome. And then it became bringing in extremely talented people and, and extremely talented content producers. And what has been the hallmark of all the people that have joined the team in that capacity has been that they are atypical. They don't have your traditional kind of uh, content production background of coming as like a video producer or whatever. These are people who, like us entering the fashion business, yeah. um, had an idea of what they wanted to do and had an idea of how to do it differently. And that group of people creating content has worked out really, really well. And the creativity on this team, I think, is bar none. And so, you know, for us, that was a necessity from day one because we don't have the budgets to compete with giant, giant brands out there. Um, And so we had to win on creativity and we had to win based on our community 
sharing content and talking about our brand in person. Um, and so for us, that was always the vehicle was what can people talk about? What can people share? What are people going to actually respond to? Right. And so we just started hacking away at that. And I'd say, you know, we really figured it out from a content perspective last year. We started to kind of unlock things. Last year, we did 350 million video views on Facebook. The community there is just amazing. But um, that has been vital is, is building content that people can talk about and share and, and bringing that smile to a person's face throughout the day. I think the other piece is that our community has been growing itself. You know, I think right. the, the value of inclusiveness is something that we want, you know, we that is that is important to our community as well. And still the number one way that people are finding out about our brand is word of mouth. Um, and that comes through just people talking and people sharing and people building the community. So our customers and our fans are, you know, our best marketers out there. So we also try and reciprocate. So uh, our Instagram feed is pretty much all customer photos, um, which is awesome for us because it uh, showcases our audience and, and it also gives people more things to talk about and more things to uh, more content to send us because yeah. it's a relationship. And as opposed to the past where it's I'll put up a billboard or I'll have a TV ad right. and then I hope that you respond. Ours is more of a conversation where we can go back and forth and we can interact and we can evolve um, as we get feedback from our customers, as we hear from our customers, they can send us content, they can start to set the tone for our marketing as well. And and it's funny because word of mouth is still one of the hardest things to manufacture. It's one of the hardest things to draw projections around or uh, or really influence as a marketer, but it is still, or even increasingly, one of the more powerful channels out there. Exactly. You know, and, and if people are talking about your brand, then you're doing something right. If people are able to talk about the amazing experience they had with your product or a great piece of content, that's the sort of reaction that you want instead of sharing in some transactional way or, you know, responding to some coupon or offer that you've put out. The, the, the value there is in making people uh, feel awesome through the quality of the products that you sell and the quality of the content that you're putting out. And I think that's a great level of accountability to have as a brand and something that we're, we're totally up for the challenge of. What are some of the omissions that you've made in order to maintain that, that brand, that culture, that word of mouth? I think one of the really, really um, difficult things is to avoid too much of the, hey, 75% off, like yeah. a lot of the discounting that you see out there. It's it's pretty it's pretty widespread and it's a very easy message to put out. But for us, one, we kiss, you know, the product that we're making is is, is quality enough that like, you know, that where we're at from a pricing perspective, we can't take that hit. But two, it creates a different value structure. We want we want the value of the product to be obvious when you buy it. And we want the value of the brand to be obvious and to not capitalize on a deal to, to get you in the door because that's that's a lot of times the thing that accompanies a word of mouth share yeah. is, hey, I got this great deal. And and that puts you on this kind of fast track to really needing to constantly do that, which adjusts the way that you market and it, it makes it more salesy. It makes it more transactional. And that's just not the relationship we want to have with our community. We want to give them value and for them to see the value. And if they want to participate and if we've done enough for them, then they can participate and they can participate through our content or they can purchase our products. Either way, we want there to be a value exchange where we're giving them value and they're seeing that and recognizing it. And that's why they're participating. Yeah. Okay. So Chubby's is known for shorter shorts. Mm -hmm. At the beginning, you were the only ones doing that. But tell me about the first time that you walked into a Target or a Walmart 
and you saw that they had shortened their shorts, <laughs> that they had started to compete with you and that they could do those drastic discounts that you said you're not going to touch. Yeah. So, so, you know, that, that was, that was interesting for us. Like actually within our first year of business, we had people who are working on product at, you know, big companies purchasing our products. And we, and that was really interesting for us. And within two years, we saw exact replicas of our products come oh. out at many retailers. Yeah. And that's where it's all about, you know, the community that you're building and the investment that you're putting into your product. What we've built is a really reactive supply chain that can be at once both really high quality and really flexible. We've got an American operation that is extremely fast. And then we've got a longer term international operation that can output really high volumes. And we have an owned and operated facility in San Francisco that can quickly respond to anything and gets a, enables us to test, enables us to experiment and constantly stay on the cutting edge of what people want. You know, what we what can we do in terms of silhouette, in terms of fabric, in terms mm -hmm. of print to stay on the cutting edge. And that's awesome for us. And, you know, those retailers are focusing on everything, you know, and generally the people who've who've copied our product have, are focusing on everything under the sun and and shorts and swim trunks are a small piece of their business but not their focus. And for us, like it's a huge focus. And that's where we have, that's where we started our foothold. And that's where we need to stay um, innovative and stay uh, ahead of the ball game to make sure that we're constantly delivering on the value. Because sure. um, if they're making a really great product for a much cheaper price, then that's something we need to make sure we're beating. Yeah. But you have expanded a bit, right? I mean, you've expanded beyond the short shorts into yeah. more kind of different categories. Was that a hard decision to go beyond that? How do you think about bringing that same sort of weekend feeling to a broader array of clothes? Yeah, I, th I think that that it's really about, you know, outfitting for a guy's weekend. How can we make unique products for the weekend? And we saw some opportunities there, particularly in the world of tops and now more recently in the world of like women's swim and like ladies swimsuits. Mm -hmm. But we, we enter it in the same way of, of very small experiments to start to understand that customer base and what do they want? What are they responding to? Is it fabric? Is it fit? Is it styling? So the expansions have been slow to start and just gathering a ton of data and learning about cut, silhouette, fit. What's the feedback that we're getting? We'll test them with a few hundred people and expand. We'll do surveys. Right. We, get, we try and get maximum customer feedback. And, and so those pieces of the business are small, but growing because we've invested the time to really understand them and institutionalized process to be really adaptive to our customers' feedback. And now this Q3 will be a little bit more on the kind of winter product side of things, which is another whole different thing that we've had to figure out of like, how do they respond to how warm a product is? Uh, what's the fabric? What's the yeah. styling? How can we innovate? How can we be different? And those are questions that if we can't answer them correctly, then we shouldn't be in that product. So it's, you know, it's a fun process and it, and it's, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily difficult to make those decisions because we saw that our guy was, was demanding more. And then we also saw that not only him, but also the ladies in our audience and the, and the female consumer base that we had um, was really, really present and really active. And so uh, we've just been kind of following our customers in our communities um, lead there. And uh, we've seen some really solid results as we've expanded. So that sounds smart. And you're you're making improvements to um, existing clothing lines that, that, you know, your customers are using. You're getting their feedback. You're very, in an agile way, you're sort of making these improvements to things that they traditionally wear. But that's different than what you initially started with, which was a, kind of an entirely 
different approach to shorts rather than a, a subtle improvement. Why not go and try to move the market once again into something completely different? Is there a next men's shorter shorts? Uh, uh, yeah, hopefully, yeah. I mean, I think for us, if if it's not unique and not um, completely added to somebody's weekend, then then there's plenty of other people who can make that product. Sure. Um, we always have this kind of line in the sand that we try and draw. And not necessarily that we always hit it, but it's always our aspiration is, you know, if it's only capitalizing on the brand and people are buying it because it's a part of the Chubby's offering, that's not the greatest. We want it to be additive. We want it to be unique in the market. Did you ever think there was so much innovation in clothing? <laughs> I didn't even pay any attention to it when I was younger, but uh, as we've gotten into it, yeah, I mean, it's, like it's, it's awesome because there's so many people doing so many cool things that it makes it at once competitive and also really fun to be a part of. You know, we're six years into this competing against people who are 20, 30 years right. in business, um, which is fun. That's a that's an awesome challenge. And, you know, uh, our community is, has been totally awesome through it. And they've, you know, they've uh, stayed with us as we've made some not so great products. And they've also been stoked when we've made really, really awesome stuff. So, so I hear that when you started, your enemy was the men's cargo short. Yes. Yes. Is there ever going to come a day when I see a pair of Chubby's cargo shorts? <laughs> I hope not. You know, uh, I certainly hope not. There are certain scenarios where maybe you need a couple extra pockets, but for most scenarios, you don't. <laughs> and uh, and you, you especially don't need them extremely long. There's just there's just a very odd thing that happened with shortswear that was like it got long. It got self-conscious. It got I need to cover up my legs and all this kind of stuff. Oh, that's interesting. And, you ta and, you see uh, like a, an emotional symbol behind that. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it just, you know, the reason shorts are short is because one, you know, it's, it's warm and nice out and you're, you're embracing that. And also two, you want to free up your knees. Like, you, <laughs> you know, you, you don't want something dangling around your calves um, when you're trying to do anything active or fun or whatever. So it was just, a, I think it was all style, but it was a style that, that kind of went the wrong direction for us. And and so, you know, hopefully we never we never uh, bridge that gap. What do you think are some of the other great missteps in clothing? Oh, golly. <laughs> uh, well, in that vein, capri pants are one where it's just like, <laughs> once again, I'm like, I'm not sure for, what for the use case is. For men or women but, or both? Uh, I guess both. Uh, but like, you know, I, for, for just broadly, it's like, it's like you kind of want to be cool, but you also don't want to be that cool in terms of like wearing something that is actually short or whatever. But I, I would never put myself in the category of fashion, like fashion commentator. So what people want to wear and what people, what, what makes people comfortable is totally awesome by me. I, um, want to wrap up with, uh, going back to something you said earlier, uh, which is the people that you started this company with. So you started Chubby's with a collection of friends. Yeah. I'll be honest, if, if you threw me in a room with even just one of my friends, I'm probably not going to be able to get anything productive done, much less start a company. <laughs> uh, it's chaos and, and it's permanent weekend. How did you guys pull it off? Yeah. So, you know, I, I started the company with uh, three of my like best friends. And I'd say that over the years, we've become brothers, you know, we've become more family than just friends, you know, and, and I think the distinction there is, you know, we're going to have plenty of conflict, you know, and I think in a world where you have four people, um, all co-founders, all with, you know, firm perspectives and all, you know, very, very smart 
and and capable people, um, that's productive. And so for us, it's been learning how do you work through that, and how do you how do you form the bonds of a cohesive but adaptive and driven team? And and how do you set direction? And, and how do you communicate that down from a group of four to a growing group of people that have, that have decided to join our company? Yeah. You know, I think we're accountable to one another the same way that somebody would be accountable, you know, to a CEO. Um, we're accountable to everyone and we, we are working for each other's success. And, and so that's always this unifying thing that has worked out. And, you know, it's been, it's been difficult, um, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't have it any other way because we've got just such talented people, you know, in, in that group. And also now, um, as a result throughout the entire company, just such talented, amazing people that, uh, the benefits have outweighed the costs for us. All right, Tom, that's great advice. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for taking the time with us and uh, enjoy your upcoming weekend. Awesome. Much appreciated. You as well. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. Hey, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, you could rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a huge difference and helps spread the word. And if you want to drop us a line, we're always around on Twitter at The Gross Show. We'll be sure to respond.